everybody. Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, Chris Marler. Stand-up comedian, Chris Marler. Yeah, you really need to fucking gas me up right now. Yo, a little what do you my, what do we used to this say? This is my damn dog right here. <laughs> a damn good dog. Um for those of you uh who are keeping along or I guess keeping up and uh following along with the season uh within the season tyler and i are getting prepared for our um final regular season podcast which is sad in and of itself because it's over too soon uh and we have a massive show for you guys like we have like 12 games we're going to preview like all this different shit that we looked up and researched and blah, blah 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 and as we sat down tyler got an email from his ex fiance. <laughs> Hold on, I said that wrong. Um, I got an email from my ex fiance, and things aren't great. All right, all right. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yes, you're right. So we're recording on a Tuesday tonight, which is not normal for yeah. us. We normally, rec- we uh, record on Wednesdays. So we actually have a live reaction, maybe an hour after they just dropped the new college football playoff rankings, going into yeah, the final. That. Yeah, going into the final uh, week here, going to be interesting, but I'll just go ahead and read off the top 10. You tell me what you think here. Number one, Notre Dame. Number two, Ohio State. Oh, wait, sorry. Georgia, Ohio State. Three, Alabama. Four, Cincinnati. So that's obviously the four that everyone's concerned about. Right. Uh, We'll stop there. Any qualms with the ranking uh, order between Ohio State and Alabama. Do you think Cincinnati nah, should be not, four? Not at all. I, like, I was surprised they didn't put Michigan at four because I thought they might try to – like Rich made a good point about this too. Like part of me thought they were going to put them at four just to create a big matchup that was basically like, hey, this is a play-in game like, mm-hmm. you know, for the playoff. So that kind of surprised me. But I think they got it right. Um, I hate Notre Dame at six, even though it's probably like correct – and I yeah. have zero zero problems with Ohio State ahead of Bama. I think somebody tweeted it like during the Bama game. It, like it was CFB home who has I love that dude to death. He's had a couple of things lately that I've not agreed with. And he mm-hmm. posted that in the middle of like the second quarter. And I was like, dude, it's the fucking second quarter. And they just played the 130th ranked pass defense. And like after I hit sin, they scored like 14 straight points on like I was like, okay, maybe that was good. Maybe he's right. <laughs> Well, to me, the Ohio State-Michigan game still is a playing game. So, I mean, whether they're five or four now, if Michigan wins that game, they're definitely in. And Ohio State, I don't know. If, I guess they're definitely out. That's their second loss. I mean, anyways, we'll see what happens in that game. But I'm not surprised they ranked it this way. Honestly, if Cincinnati were to, and Michigan were to play on a neutral field, who do you think would win the game? Any Michigan? Mm-hmm. Probably Michigan. You think so on neutral? I think Michigan's a better team than we've given them credit for this season. Their defense is is very good. They're, yeah, I mean, their they're, offense. They're, I, it's all right. I think their their rushing attack's pretty good. I I don't. Yeah. It's not like Ohio State's, but yeah. Um, I think I would take that. I don't. Probably I, don't right. I probably would take Michigan. But the other part of it, though, the, if I had an issue with any of it, because you you keep going down the list, Oklahoma State is seven. 
Baylor uh, is at eight ahead of Ole Miss. I don't know how I feel about that, but I think they have a better they have a better win because they beat Oklahoma than Ole Miss and then Oklahoma at 10. Oklahoma at 10 kind of surprised me just because I'm, I'm surprised they were still down that far. Um, well, you Michigan said State, it. You've said it. You actually called this. Uh, but Caleb Williams has been trash the last few weeks. Told you. Um and if not for Oklahoma's defense stepping up last week, they probably would have lost that game too. So what a fucking uh, sentence. Yeah, right. It's seven sacks last game. Um, um Oregon, yeah. Michigan State, BYU, Wisconsin, and then A and M. Iowa at 16 15. is fucking mind blowing to me because they were a three point underdog when the line opened at three and seven Nebraska. Um then Pitt, Wake Forest, Utah, NC State. Utah is probably too low. San Diego State, UTSA, Clemson, fucking coming back from the dead. Houston, and then Arkansas at 25. Didn't have any problems with any of those. I tell you what, real quick, the only problem I do have with any anything involving Bama and Ohio State, the fact that C.J. Stroud is now the overwhelming leader in the clubhouse for the Heisman is kind of surprising to me. I agree, but I'm not surprised he's the leader. The the minus two twenty that we saw on Bet Online seemed high. Right. But let's let's be honest. They they're probably neck and neck in all honesty, but CJ Stroud has a much bigger stage this weekend. Right. Which is probably going into that a little bit. Because if he has a big game in that game, I think he's a lock at that point because they don't they don't vote past regular season, right? No, they, they, they do it after the um, – like, I mean, you have up until the week of the the award, so it's after the SEC and, and conference championship games. Because remember, like, that's how Tua lost it to Kyler Murray. Sure. And Tua I'm guessing they're of, probably baking in, too, that Bryce is going to have to go up against Georgia's defense and, Bryce, yeah, and you know, sense, CJ is going to have to go up against somebody. I don't even know who they'll play. Wisconsin. What, well, Wisconsin's got a pretty damn good defense, too, but it's not Georgia's, obviously. Well, I just um, I would say because you look at his numbers and they're they're obviously good. He's got thirty six touchdowns, five interceptions. Bryce has thirty eight and 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 three. Yeah, I just don't I'm, I just don't get what we're doing here. Yeah, the the overwhelming part of it is kind of weird. Um, yeah, for the most part, though, I mean, what Cincinnati's probably not losing. I think they play like East Carolina. Yeah, and then Houston, and then Houston in the championship game. So they're probably going to be undefeated. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting if it'll be interesting what what happens if uh, I guess you'd have to put them in. You can't put Notre Dame in. They beat Notre Dame, right? So I don't know. This week's going to determine a lot, obviously. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, real quick, who do you think the final five should be? The final five. Like so, basically predict what's going to happen over the next two weeks. Yeah, I got nothing because I just plug in my headphones. So, oh sweet, <laughs> there it is. I agree totally. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> you talking about the final five after the next two weeks play out? Yeah, I think it'll be uh, Georgia will be undefeated. Um, no, for the Heisman, have... idiot. Oh, the final. Oh, for the Heisman. Yeah, and fuck you. Uh, Stroud, Young, Walker. I do think Corral, even though your hot take was he won't be there, I think he'll be there. And then I think they'll throw 
one of the defensive guys in just for I show. Think, but I think Jordan Davis person. definitely gets invited. But I tell you yeah. what, like you look at Corral's numbers, and that was a hot take. But he like he's he's only had seven touchdowns in the last five games. He's definitely tailed off, and he's definitely not winning it. And honestly, it would be hilarious to see Jordan Davis sitting at the Heisman, like you know, in the front row when they all sit there. It's usually yeah. like running backs and quarterbacks are like a little bit, you know, on the smaller side. Right. And then you just got this mountain of a man sitting there. I don't think I've ever seen that before. My God. Pretty yeah. funny. Fair. All right. Let's get into um, this rivalry week and Thanksgiving. It's a big week. Um, obviously, the games start on Thanksgiving. Love that. Yep. Uh, are we just going to pop right into the Egg Bowl here? No. What we're going to do first is we're going to play a little trivia. Okay. Um, and I wrote down uh, some rivalry games and trophies that are be given away. I think most of them are this weekend. Some of them aren't. Um, they're just like the names of them in general. I'm going to see how much you know about rivalry week. Okay. Okay. Um, well, this is ironic. Uh, the Civil War. What what rivalry game is that? The Civil War. Um, I I guess Georgia Georgia Tech. No, that's clean old fashioned hate. The Civil War. Um, or as I would refer to it now, uh, dealing with an Oregon State alum, I'd say the non Civil oh. War. Um, they also play for the Platypus Trophy. Which is wow, that's something. What, um, a, what an accomplishment! Also, I'm pretty sure they changed the name of it away from the Civil War because last year somebody said it was like offensive or like reference the Civil right. War. Like, well, here's the thing. Again, as most of you guys know, I'm is liberal. The Civil shit. War offensive? I mean, I'm not trying to be dramatic it, here, but <laughs> it definitely like I mean things that went on during it. I'm sure yeah, were offensive. Sure. Yeah. Um, and definitely were, but at the same time, it. The war itself, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it definitely happened. Uh, and also, Oregon wasn't a part of it, like, at, at fucking all. Like, at, <laughs> at it, yeah. not even close. They were even part of the United States. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. Is that true? Yo, like, brother, probably Louisiana still purchase? shouldn't be, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wasn't that before the, the Louisiana Purchase? Come I on. don't know, Tyler. What do you, I mean, anyway. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, The Game. The Game. There's actually two. I mean, of them. let me ask you this: How big are some of these rivalries? Oh, like, I'm they're gonna, all pretty big. My favorite one's next, and it's like because some of these people, like some of these teams and rivalries, have like I we did that whole episode on the on the stupid trophy games. Some of these people have taken themselves way too fucking seriously. I mean, the game just seems like it would be Michigan Ohio State, but that's one of them. The other one's Harvard Yale. Hmm. Yeah. Were they like the first two teams ever, or something like that? No, that was Yale and um, I believe a local fly fishing uh, community that formed one one team for one weekend to fill in. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, the rivalry. The rivalry. The mother rivalry. These are no duplicates, of... right? No. If you get this, I'll I'll I'll. I don't I don't know. I'll do something because there's no fucking way you'll get it. Okay. Um, then let's go with Cal Stanford. Now, um, I forgot what that one's called. I, I just, I just want to like say, confidence is a great thing to have. 
But if you're going to label your rivalry game as the rivalry, like the fucking rivalry, it better not be between Lafayette and Lehigh. I will say Lehigh is a six squad this year. I don't okay. know if you've been paying attention. We're like, lay low. <laughs> Boom. All right. Um, backyard brawl. Backyard brawl? You should get mm. this one. Uh, God, do you know anything about college Louisville. football? Kentucky Louisville. No. No, I don't, I'm not a big rivalry name guy. Okay. I should have just let you quiz me. <laughs> um, that would have been way more fun for me. Yeah. Uh, what was it? It's a West Virginia and Pitt. We'll just, you know, I'll just read you the rest of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a better idea. The Governor's Cup is is uh, Virginia, Kentucky Virginia? and Louisville. No, that's, God, just stop saying stuff. Um, <laughs> that's the Commonwealth Cup. The Land Grant Trophy is between Michigan State and Penn State. That's just a big old fucking document. Yep. Just Honestly, a big old document. I, I mean, like on a wooden, like, trophy. What they should honestly do with that is, like, let Nick Cage try to steal it at halftime. That's what he's looking like good. these days. It, he's, he's using so much hair dye on every part of his body. <laughs> um, Battle for the Axe, Wisconsin and Minnesota yeah, are playing I did for... that one. Okay. Well, you, Paul Bunyan's Axe? Yeah. It's not a real person. He has two different so trophies can... themed after him. I mean, seems real to me. God, Jesus. By the way, speaking of that, did you see the guy get attacked at WWE last night? No. A fan came out of the stands, hit a wrestler, like like tackled him to the ground, and like all the security came out. That guy lived our dream. <laughs> Who did he tackle? I think it was Seth Rollins, which I'm not a big WWE guy, but good. That guy sucks. <laughs> Apparently, this fan thought so too. Um, you're not oh, okay. We'll have to talk about wrestling some other time because I, I I love wrestling. Also, one of our listeners has his own wrestling podcast. I think it's Josh Deal. I can't remember. Territorial Cup. This has not something, been anywhere close to the amount of fun that I thought it would be. Arizona State and Arizona. No. <laughs> and then last but not least, the Heroes Trophy. That's uh, Iowa Army and Navy. Nebraska. Because you'd be, a, I guess, a hero if you actually sat through any of that shit for three and a half hours. Kind of like sitting through me trying to guess. Robert that was Richard tough. Trophies. Yeah, that was not yeah, your best. That was tough. No. But I did know the Egg Bowl. Yeah, that wasn't on there, but I mean, it's good. Well, that's a seamless transition here, Chris, because we're going to talk about the Egg Bowl. Love it. Number 12 will miss at Klinga. Number 25, Mississippi State. This is Thursday night, 7.30 on ESPN. Mississippi State minus one. Opened at minus total, three. Total 61 and a half. Um, Ole Miss leads the historical series pretty heavily, 63, 46, and six. Um, this is the first time that both teams have been ranked since 2015 in this matchup. Um, so Ole Miss, like you said, opened at minus three, right? And then it swung all the way to Mississippi State? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Uh, Mississippi State opened it at, at minus three. Okay. Yeah. You're Ole on Miss. it today, dude. Fifth in yards per game in the country on offense. Uh, Corral, we mentioned it. This will be his last game, Chris, as a as a regular season game. He mm -hmm. announced he's going pro this week on IG, as the kids say. Uh, he has thrown for 3,100 yards, 29 total touchdowns, only okay. three picks. Um, he's definitely slowed down uh, towards the end of this year. I don't know. I 
I have to think that it's injury related. Right. Um, the defense has gotten better over this year. The, the total for Ole Miss games has gone under in six straight games. So That's crazy. Yeah, it's very surprising. Um, Mississippi State, on the other hand, um, started off weird, right? They had that game where they had to like come back. Who, who are they playing? Like Louisiana Tech? Louisiana Tech. Um, then they put up a weird, like, low-scoring game against NC State, but won. Then they lost to Memphis. They've won five of seven now, and they're 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 getting a lot better. Uh, Will Rogers obviously is the guy here. Ridiculous yeah, over great. the last nine games. He's every every game he's had over three hundred yards passing, and four of them he's had over four hundred yards passing. Yeah, on the year. Um, 4,100 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 picks. Um, See, the picks is what kind of surprised me because he's in his last four games, he's got 15 touchdowns and only one pick. Yeah, he start, I, I obviously started out pretty poorly there. Um, great quote. Another great quote coming out of this rivalry. Jaron Ely said, it's stinkville to me. It stinks there. I don't like mud. It's just so muddy. I don't know. I just don't like it. End okay. quote. Okay. Uh, Mississippi State, 5-0 and against the spread in the last five. So they are on a roll there. What are you doing in this game? So, it, one, Vegas has to know something, right? Like, mm-hmm. for Mississippi State to be favored. Um, that always scares me. Yeah, always. I, I will say, because this is like this is one of the best rivalries. I mean, these, these two hate each other. I mean, hate yeah. each other. Um, but, like, Ole Miss is... Almost passing defense is honestly not that bad. They've only given up only over 300 yards in a game once this season. Um, Mississippi State is 10th in the SEC in sacks allowed, which I think could be a big deal just because of Sam Williams. I believe that's – I think that's his last name, right? I could be messing that up. Um, and like you said, like the the defense, like they've held their uh, last three opponents all under 20 points. They've been like weirdly better. So that being said – I think Jerry and Ely is the key to the whole thing. And like, cause the way he's played, like since coming back from injury, he's, you know, his last three games averaging like 137 yards a game. He's had uh, like seven and a half yards per carry. What's interesting is he's like, Ole Miss's um, rushing defense is terrible. Like it is God awful. So I think it's like 13th in the conference, but Mississippi state's not going to run the ball. So, right, right. you know, and Mississippi state's defense is actually, you know, continues to be underrated it seems like we say that every year i just have they're a hard good time against the run but they are they do they're 144th in like total all teams in college football so obviously that's more than just fbs yeah and in, in pass defense so that's, that's not, not good no i don't know they what other teams the are included but they can stop the run yeah that's well yeah i don't know but when they're 235th in the country in rushing what? How many? This, are you sure this isn't basketball? <laughs> it's not. It's probably just including literally every single team. Dude, they're terrible, uh, at, like shooting three too. But they're also fourth in passing, so okay. Assists. That's what I'm talking about. There. Um, I will say, I just I have a hard time thinking that Corral and Kiffin go into his last regular season game, especially in this rivalry. Do you remember like the like the first time he played in it a couple years back when they had that ridiculous ending? Um, with like the dog pee thing and all that mm-hmm. shit. And and he like got into a fight when he was like a freshman where he like came off the bench and like, so, like took his, like his helmet ended up coming off. He's like swinging. Like, like, I don't know if he swung his helmet or if he was just throwing punches, but like 
Who's this Corral? Yeah, is a freshman. Yeah. And so I just think that I think that Ole Miss is in a game that involves like this much emotion and rivalry, I think they have more juice than the Mississippi State does. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take is there anything to the Lane Kiffin rumors? Like, do you think he's distracted at all? I mean, I mean I'm sure he's always distracted because it's Thanksgiving and it's you know, Skanksgiving is on Wednesday, the biggest night true. of the year for everyone to go out. Um, I don't like anybody that's reported him in like the Miami job, they've said it with such overconfidence and conviction. I don't, I don't know if it's not true. Right. No, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're pretty convinced they're getting him for some reason. Well, like, I mean, the guy who first, like, I think his name seems Slater or whatever, or Spencer, I don't know. Um, the guy who first reported it, like on Twitter, I mean, he says like a hundred percent, this is a fact. Like they are like Lane Kiffin wants to go to Miami. I don't know if any of that's true. And I don't think he'll be distracted because he, his relationship with Matt Corral is like, I think, you know, special. And I don't think he would like basically do that to him. He would definitely do it to Nick Saban and that entire team from 2016, but not Matt Corral. So that's yeah. nice. I'll take uh, Ole Miss on the money line. Oh, okay. I'm going to take the over as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where do we want to go? Noon games on Saturday? Um, no. So Friday we have Mizzou, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. 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 The battle of the Zarkansas. Zar Zoo Zark. I don't know. Yo, Zarks. Um, so first off, this is not I, I hate to say this because it's not their fault. But this game replacing Arkansas LSU on Friday after Thanksgiving will always disappoint me. Um, because that was like one of my favorite games of the year. It's um Arkansas is a 14 and a half point favorite. They're at home and they've been really, really good at home. Obviously Mizzou's coming off that big win against Florida. Um, and Arkansas has a chance to get to eight wins in the regular season, which would be the most they've had in a decade. Also, wow. we forgot the whole premise of what we we're going to do today, which is since there's so many games, we're going to put six oh, yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. and nine seconds on the clock for each one. So we don't go over it. I'll set the timers. Okay. Boom. Um, so, all right. So that's, that's everything with Arkansas. They're, they're averaging 13, uh, over 13 points more a game at home than on the road. KJ Jefferson last five games, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. All right. Here's the issue with Mizzou. Like I, part of me wants to think that they will keep it closer than the 14, but in games against ranked teams this year, it's only two teams. They have only scored an average of 10 points. They're averaging seven points less per uh, points per game on the road. They're one in three um, on the road, like this season overall. And they're actually three in 10, three in 10 in their last three years combined in road games. Oof. Yeah. And they're also ranked 116th in scoring defense or 118th. So that's not good. Which it shocked me that they slowed Florida down pretty well. Like, no. I guess it's just Florida's just totally not motivated at this or that at right. that point. I'm sure they are now that they fired Mullen and they'll be just real fired up on Saturday. But don't do this. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I've, I was impressed with that win last week for Missouri, the alpha nerd, their coach. I mean, the Star Wars reference, the Dan Mullen reference. Was... He doubled down, by the way, on Monday Monday press conference. 
good. I got to pull this quote up, dude. I mean, here's the thing. I said this on the Facebook Live earlier tonight. Dan Mullen dug his own grave, and he went out making enemies with pretty much everyone because of the way he handled himself and acted. Like, he was very petty. His wife was making out with everybody, which is very weird for everyone to watch. Yes. And, it, like, you could you can go two and nine against Power 5 schools, and, and you can also be an asshole. You could do either of those things and probably keep your job past the season. You can't do right. both. Here's you can't the be an quote. asshole that's two and nine against uh, Power 5 teams. Here's the quote from Eli Drinkwitz. So he was asked about the irony of beating Florida and Dan Mullen after last year's fight. He says, and I quote, my father was a farmer and there's an old saying, you reap what you sow. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. If you sow jackass, you reap jackass. I love that. That is phenomenal. <laughs> he like he's, phenomenal. I he said say this after the man was already great. fired too. It's, it's fantastic. Dance on his grave, man. You oof, Love it. So, um, but look, I mean, in this game, Arkansas is not great at passing, but they can run what? the ball very well. They're, I don't agree with that. KJ Jefferson had like 300-something yards last week and almost four touchdowns. He averages the best defense in the, in the country. Which one? I'm kidding. As long as Traylon Burks is healthy, and that's, that's a possibility yeah. he might not be. Um, that might influence my decision. But I just here's, think that, here's the deal. There. They're great at rushing, though. And okay. Missouri, 117th in the in the nation in rush yeah. defense. Mm. That's not a that's not a great matchup for them. No, I, I think I think is Arkansas awful. is going to cover this. I think that Pittman's going to have him motivated because yeah. of like what's on the line, and he's done a really good job with that. Also, senior day for some of those kids like Grant Morgan and whatever the Henry kid is, and there's Bumper Pool. They've all been there since like fucking 1993. So, I mean, they've gone through the whole thing, like the skating rink era, you know, like the Tamagotchi era. And now, now there's TikTok and stuff. So like they, I mean, they've seen it all. Um, I think, I think they win. I think they cover. Okay. I'm starting it over six minutes on the clock. Right. FSU, Florida. You, keep, you keeping it? Yeah. All right. Please don't spend six minutes on this. <laughs> so we're at to the noon games on Saturday, guys. Yep. Um, all right. So Saturday, 12 PM ESPN. Florida is a now a three-point favorite, so the bets are coming in on Florida, interestingly enough. Wait, it opened at 10. That was an old line that was being circulated. Hmm, way to go, Barrett Salee. Yeah. Um, total's 59. Obviously, there's an interim coach, Greg Knox, coaching the team. This is two teams that are going in opposite directions right now. Florida is reeling. They just fired their coach. Since that Bama game, when everyone thought they were like, hey, Florida's actually going to be pretty good again this year. Yeah. They beat Tennessee, Vandy, and Sanford. And, they beat and Tennessee Sanford game, pretty handedly. Yeah. Um, and that was like the last good game they've had. Yeah. Um, they gave up 52 in the process of beating Sanford. Um, they're 0-5 against the spread in the last five games. Four of those outright losses. So... You compare that to Florida State, who started 0-4, lost to an FCS school, and has since gone 5-2. and um, Their two losses were at Clemson when they had the lead, the lead very late. I personally oh. thought we were going to win that game. Fair enough. 
and NC State with a backup quarterback and like 20 guys out with the flu. I love Those are your two losses. Is good. That's fair. They've been underdogs in, in almost all these games. They've won a couple of them. Um, so they seem to be on the right trajectory for being at least pretty good by 2023, I would think. 2022 is still probably going to be slow. Um, the bowl game is at stake. Both teams, five and six. Mm-hmm. So you got one team that's playing really well. One team that's not playing well. They just fired their defensive coordinator. Then they fired their guy who calls plays on offense. I don't like that. I don't understand why money keeps coming in on Florida. That scares me a bit. Because they're at home and Florida State's not good. But you understand that Florida has also lost to South Carolina and Missouri. Those and are better teams. Sanford. South Carolina, well, actually, I don't know. South Carolina might be a better team than Florida State. Mm, maybe. Um, Doubtful. In women's basketball, they definitely are. I think it's coming in because of the fact that, like, okay, you're right. Florida's given up an average of 40 points per game in their last five games. 40. That is absurd. <laughs> I, that is absurd. I, I mean, I can't even wrap my head around that. And they still, um, I think, what is it, like on a, hold on, Hugh Freeze just signed a mega deal. Um, yeah. They're still a 74 he With signed Liberty. at Liberty. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, he's there's like a 72% favorite to win, according to ESPN FBI. Here's why FSU, who's not that great uh, offensively uh, or really at anything um, besides great podcast co hosts, uh, mm-hmm. they're averaging 87 yards and seven points per game less on the road than they are at home. I, I don't trust Florida at all, but I will say that to get to bowl eligibility, there's still like you're at home in front of your home crowd. This would this they have to get up for this game, right? Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the here's the one thing. I agree with all that. But do they even want to play in a bowl? Honestly. I don't know. I don't know. The the whole coaching staff is gone after right. Saturday if they lose. If they win, they gotta stay on and, and coach this meaningless bowl when they're probably gonna want to go find jobs themselves. First off, don't ever fucking call the Birmingham Bowl meaningless. That's true. My granddaddy I, fought and died. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, no, like that, that's my that's my only concern is like, are, like, I I think you would want to be in a bowl, but maybe not. Maybe like I'd just rather be at home. Like I'd rather just go. Yeah. This this has been a nightmare. Because yeah, yeah. they haven't had one in forever. I would say, like, or the, the other side of that, they could also come out super motivated because they don't have Dan Mullen in the locker room anymore. I mean, clearly they lost the kids, but yeah. I saw a bunch of a bunch of Florida players tweeting about how like uh, like I was going through Emory Jones's likes to see if he's actually injured. Yeah, did you hear about this? Uh, there was a rumor he tore his ACL. Yeah, um, and he had been liking posts about how like people were saying like Florida really thinks they're going to do better than Dan Mullen and like <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, I, I think Florida State's got some injuries on the O line right now that they suffered last week. If those guys can play, I'm going to take Florida State to win outright. If they can't, I'm going to take Florida to probably cover the spread because Florida State's that thin on the O line. Their starters aren't even that good, but they're way better than the backups. Right. And anytime they've not been without their starting five this year, they've had no chance. So yeah, okay. right, fair. I'm going to take. Um, as much as I hate it, I'm going to. You know what? I'm for Rich's sake and for your sake, I'll take. I'll take Florida State. A, a pity pick, thanks. It is, and I'm sorry all for right. all the Florida fans that keep reaching out because it's been that miserable beer. You know what? Rich's life is great, and so is yours. Um, I'll pick Florida. 
Um, all right, Georgia and Georgia Tech. This is clean, old-fashioned hate. Yeah. Um, this is great game here. I this is not one of my least favorite rivalries. This is one of my least favorite things to watch Georgia fans talk about because Georgia fans will go out of their way to shit on this game because they dominate tech and they have for so long. First off, like, like that's not even a rivalry. Like, I mean, why are we even playing the game anymore? You guys have like four fucking rivals. Like when I was growing up, like Tennessee, Auburn, and now, and obviously Florida and also Georgia tech. It blows my mind at how um, South Carolina is kind of a rivalry, you know? Yeah. They lost to them several times. It's like, it just it, it actually doesn't blow my mind. It should be expected. Um, it just like the arrogance from that. Like I mean, Kirby, they've dominated. They've dominated Tech. I will say that. Um, but like Jeff Collins, is, I'm surprised he's not getting fired. I mean, they lost fifty-five to nothing to Notre Dame last week. Okay, I wasn't even surprised by that. What I will say is, they are getting outscored an average of fifty-three to ten versus ranked teams this year. Um, and he is nine and 24 in his first three seasons. I, I was like really big on him. I was like, because he was changing the culture. We would go down to games down there and he's like playing like knuck a few buck and, and everyone's into it. Mm-hmm. He's got a tough sell. Cause that, that bunch of engineers just, out there just rocking out to knuck a few buck. What's that? Bunch of engineers out there. Uh, like math guys. Like it does. Yeah. It's not a great, it's not a great scene. <laughs> Swag um, surfing and- a lot of raising the roof. A lot of raising the roof, and and you're off by at least a clap. Um, the sprinkler, people go. Oh God! Uh, so, but it, his whole thing, uh, like it, I, I just was a big proponent that he was going to change the culture. But the bottom line is, you're not going to out recruit Kirby. I mean, you're just, you're just not. Like you look at last year, I don't, not many are outside no. of Saban. Like I mean, this year you look at the the top players in the state. Um, he's got eight of the top 20, um, tech has one, he's got five of the top 10 tech has zero last year. It was even worse. It was like 11 to one or something. Um, looking at the series, <laughs> Georgia hasn't lost in Atlanta since 1999 with Joe, Joe Hamilton. That was when that was a good team. It was a good team. 98 was, I think even better, but that's when they won three in a row against Georgia. Outside of that loss, that's the only loss they've had at Georgia Tech since 1989. Was was it the Georgia game when Reggie Ball threw the ball out of bounds on fourth down? Fucking yes. <laughs> that was my that was my like hitting partner in the off season for like baseball at this. That kid, my God, yeah, yeah. he threw the ball out of bounds on fourth down. It, there's a there's been a lot of struggles for for Tech. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. And then you're you're facing a Georgia team that you haven't quite seen since 1980. Oh, God. Um, uh, yeah. So the, the obviously the outcome is not in question. I'd be surprised to see how long the starters... I mean, they may play the first quarter. No, they're they're up, longer I, than that. You get stuff to work on. It's also... It's your last game as, as a in the regular season, like, and it's a rivalry game. Yeah, they won't keep getting get injured. injured. So they they were keeping them in at the end of the Tennessee game. I know they were thin, but like, yeah. I, I mean, I think true. they'll be in the that, first half, and they'll work. I mean, I, I I was casually watching the Florida State 
game this weekend, I, I'm like looking at through the scores on my phone, and it's like the middle of the first quarter, and Georgia's up like 35 to nothing on Charleston Southern. Yeah, Charleston Southern's awful. Um, I mean, Tech's lost six or seven. They've lost five in a row. They like they Georgia's won the last three games versus them uh, by a combined hundred points. That's I mean that's not good. But I think no, this no. is what I think is going to happen. So Georgia Tech, um, they're they're bad at, like all over, right? Yeah. Um, they're like herpes. It's just like there's not there's not any sort of way to look at that and be like, yeah, it's, it'll it'll be fine. It'll go away. It won't. This is no. permanently bad. So. I think Georgia goes into this game, like you said, they're, they're trying to make sure they don't have injuries, but also I think they'll work on stuff. And primarily that's going to be downfield uh, passing because that's like one of the things they've been great at in general. And Bama's secondary can obviously be exposed. Georgia Tech ranks 101st or worst, or worse, I mean, in allowing chunk plays in the passing game of 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50 yards. Oh. All of it. They're 124th in, um, what do you call it, in plays over, uh, what do you call it, 20 yards. And that's where Stetson Bennett has like, thrived this season. So I think you see them work on some stuff in the passing game before next weekend, and that's it. Did you set the timer on that one? Nope. Yep. All right. I'm going to start keeping the time. No, I got it. Here we go. <laughs> next one. All right. The next one, uh, let's see. Let's get on the list here. Well, if we're so if we're sticking with 12 p.m., then we got to talk about obviously number four Ohio State at number six Michigan. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Fox, this one's on Fox 12 p.m. Michigan eight point underdogs at home, total 63 and a half. Obviously, we know Ohio State is clicking on all cylinders right now, especially on offense. Um, what they did to Michigan State last week was just downright embarrassing for Michigan we State did to our and, bathroom and their it's not okay. 10 year 95 million dollar extended head coach allegedly I mean um no. by the way you I don't know if you saw today that James Franklin got a new 10-year deal for himself so that's like the new thing now everyone just gets 10-year deals Is, are they all guaranteed the like Jimbo's I didn't see the details um but once the market is set the market is set right so I mean I would guess yeah, I yes mean, yeah, I mean that's. Well, I mean you gotta. You like know, if Jimbo got ten years, ninety five guaranteed. The next guy that's coming up for a big raise is going to be like, that's the contract that I want. Ten years. Yeah, that's fair. Eighty five um, guaranteed, or whatever it's going to be. I don't. I, I don't know. I think that I, I'm weirdly like excited for this game. I think more than any other SEC game this weekend. I want to see how Michigan State or how Ohio State's offense does against Michigan's defense because Michigan's defense is very good. Right. Um, they the they give up less than 300 yards per game as a defense, mm -hmm. which is pretty damn good in today's football. Um, they've got two guys coming off the edge that both have 10 sacks: Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. Hutchinson's the uh, top 10 pick. Yeah, they have they those two guys now have the single season sack record as a like combined duo. So twenty sacks in one season between the two of them. Um, and then obviously we've talked about C.J. Stroud and and how he's really rounded into form after starting off you know that first game a little shaky and then he was getting healthy from a shoulder injury. He's a front runner now for the Heisman. Okay, um, if he carves up Michigan's defense, I think that pretty much seals it for him. Honestly, no offense. Um, he does have the best wideout group in the country, so that helps. Those three receivers are nasty, and he's got Travion Henderson at running back. 
Um, I mean, for Michigan, it's been 3,648 days since they beat Ohio State. That, there's no way that's accurate. It's got to be more than that. They, 3,648. They, they've lost 13 of 14, right? Well, then obviously the one was 3,648 days. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying your facts. So it's been like almost, it's what, 10 years? I don't just look it up. Um, I I think it's, yeah, probably. I don't, oh, it was, it was that year that Ohio State was shit uh, before Urban Meyer got there. It was like 2011 when they had all the scandals with like 10 years ago, 3,648. I hate you. Um, Okay. So they've lost 17 of 19, which is, that is tough to do. it honestly hasn't really even been close. Harbaugh's 0-5 against them. Um, they're, they only have one game that's even been within single digits. Um, they've lost by an average of 19 points per game in all of those. Um, like You brought up Michigan's defense. Michigan's offense is pretty underrated. They, uh, they do a really good job running the football, and I think they'll have to do that to control the clock. They've scored 30 or more points in 8 of 11 games, which is pretty astounding for them. Um, they're only giving up 10 points per game at home. And no one has scored over 14 on that defense. The eighth best passing defense in the country versus the 98th best passing defense in the country. Okay. I like that for them. I am going to hate myself for this. And I'm, I'm purely doing this because I hate Ohio State. One, I'm taking the over. And two, it, like Ohio State's, listen, Ohio State's like, defense was so bad early on and we kind of like like wrote them off they've held they have the 11th ranked uh rushing defense in the country and they've held a seven of their 11 opponents under 100 yards i think michigan pulls it off and i think michigan gets the win on saturday gets the Whoa. monkey off they back wow that'd be big yeah. um i've got ohio state hammering michigan wow okay <laughs> So that should be interesting. I think they solidify themselves as the contender opposite Georgia for the national title. That's what okay. I think. Well, I hate everything you're saying. Um, okay. I guess we go to 330 games. You know what that means, Chris. Iron Bowl, bitches. I fucking hate Auburn. Saturday, 330, CBS, Auburn, 19 and a half point underdogs at home. Total Hammer 55 it. and a half. Um Obviously, Bryce Young, record-setting day last week against Arkansas. Um, you're getting contributions not only from Brian Robinson, Jameson Williams, and John Mechie. Things are clicking on offense. Defense, I, I agree with you um, that the defense is not as bad as everyone says. I do think they have been problems a problem at times for Alabama, not on sure. the whole. Um, I just somebody asked them during that Facebook live, they're like, When's the last time you've seen a Bama defense this bad? And then you like you look at the numbers, and it's like, Oh, they're statistically better than the last three teams that have come through Tuscaloosa. And again, right, I know they gave up like a lot of yards and shit like that to Arkansas. It was a seven point game, all that kind of stuff. But uh, like the chunk play to Traylon Burks, which was horseshit, and a thousand percent offensive pass interference, the trick play where the ref completely blocks our defender on the um the fake field goal and there was another one too that was like you know they scored with like a minute and five seconds to go like that's a lot of things that happened to make that game a lot closer than it was yeah that's true um 
I do, I do feel like Auburn's kind of fizzling down the stretch here. Yeah, because they are. Um, I do also think that Bama knows they probably need a big win under their belt to make sure that the committee knows, even if they do lose to Georgia and they're a two-loss team, that they should still be in. Right. So they may want to prove a statement here in this game. But I just, man, like, and TJ Finley, he's not very lucky to be very successful in this game, I'll say. Um, now, Tank Bigsby, you know, he could, if Alabama can can get an early lead, you know, you can get up seven or 14 to 17 points and force Auburn to start throwing the ball with TJ Finley, it's going to be a blowout. If, if Auburn can get Tank Bigsby going early, and keep it close early where they can not be predictable on offense. I think they can stay within the spread. What do I think will happen? I think, I think, I think 19 and a half points in this rivalry game at Auburn is too much. Yeah. They've only won I don't even one. think Auburn's that good. No, you know, it's something we didn't really talk about enough uh, after that South Carolina game. Cause I was just still emotionally broken from the Arkansas game. Um, not only did they blow a 14 point lead that they scored in the first quarter, and only scored three points the rest of the game. But the fact that you had Tank Bigsby averaging seven and a half yards per carry, he, he had the second most rushing uh, yards like in a single game that he's had like in his whole career. And multiple times you went away from like fourth and one. You had that like bullshit like play action pass. I I I think they'll try to... Why are they so bad in the second half? I don't know. I mean... Every game. They... they... They blew a 28-3 lead because they couldn't do anything in the second half. They were against Ole Miss. They only scored three points in the second half, but they just had had the lead. This game, they only scored three points after. I mean, is, is Bobo like not good at making adjustments? Uh, no. Nor has he ever been. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, like that's why they should have fucking hired Mike Bobo. Like, it just it, whatever. Um Mike Bob was like when you go to like he's like Jiffy Cornbread. It's like I don't I've I've never I don't know any other cornbread names, but I know that one. It's familiar, so I'm just gonna get it. Okay, and that's cool. it. It's a really good reference this week for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. I I 19 points is a lot. I like everything you said. I think it's a game they maybe they keep close in the first half. I don't know. Um, there's no reason that they should, but. Um, looking at the game like in general like like i think they will try to overcorrect what they did last week and that's like hand the ball to tank bigsby because you've seen people begin like being able to run the football in between the tackles at bama um i will say they they have a lot they need to work on before georgia and i think you'll you'll see some new wrinkles to the offense they're going to I think force a lot of balls to the tight ends because they have been fucking awful and they, they have to have them if they're going to win. Um, but I also will say, I think you're going to see the best defensive performance from Bama that they've had maybe since the Ole Miss game. Not a lot of playmakers on Auburn's offense. So you're going to be pleased with that or. Yeah. Like, will I'm, you I'm be, gonna... obviously you'd be pleased, but would you be sold that they could do the same thing against Georgia? I don't know if that's sold, but I mean, like I would feel better about it. And I also like, yeah, please. Like I listen, I, I, I love all of our listeners. They're Auburn fans. You, you guys know that I really do. But this week, 
I mean, I just, I, I say it like every time it gets brought up, like I, I just, I fucking hate Auburn. I fucking hate Auburn. Bo Nick's coming out this week and, and saying all that bullshit about how Bama gets all the calls. We're going to spend the last 39 seconds of, of me going on a little bit of a rant about this. How, how little self-awareness do you have to fucking have to be Bo Nix and talk about anyone else getting the benefit of the doubt on calls, especially after last season, they were fucking gift wrap that, that game in 2019 on, on literally a play that was outlawed and, and ruled like illegal the following year. I hope Bama wins by fucking 40 and they probably won't, but I, I got and, and Harson with his stupid fucking Coles bedazzled jeans. I, I hope, I hope Bama wins by 40. There you go. That's six minutes and nine Auburn seconds. Auburn exactly. six and two against the spread in their last eight at home versus Alabama. Shut the fuck up. We are, we're already out of time. Let's go. game on the West Coast. Some hotness. Oregon State at number 11, Oregon. Oregon a seven-point home favorite. Total 61. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a ton of Oregon State. I've I've totally ignored them for you, Chris. I don't don't have anything to do with the Beavers. Um, It's still tough to see that uh, come up on the screen. Oregon State is here's what I'll say they're not a good road team. Okay. They're 6 and 0 straight up and against the spread at home and on the road they're 1 and 4 straight up and they've given up 32.8 points per game. Yikes. 1 and 8 straight up over the last 9 road games dating back to last year. Love it. Oregon coming off the Utah game, obviously very tough. Um but I think they'll get back together. And now the crystal ball thing kind of makes me a little nervous. I think there's some real threat to him leaving there. That is that does throw a little bit of a wrench in the plans here, but I'm gonna go Oregon covering the seven. Um, all right, so I am not, and this is this pains me to say it, but and plus because this, fuck Oregon State. Yeah, copy paste Let's everything go. I just said about Auburn and just say it, I guess, about Oregon State. Um and and you know exactly why, but I like I'll just like I watched this game last year and Oregon State, like you could see what they were like, what they had last year obviously wasn't like, I don't know, they weren't a great team, but you could see what they were, they were building. Um, they're a good football team, man. They're seven and four. They like, you know, they were a 12 point favorite over Stanford and Stanford's garbage, but they ended up winning by 21. I, I just, the stuff, like what they do, like they're, they're a physical team. They're going to try to keep the ball on the ground and run the football. I don't know if Oregon is physically like man enough to deal with that for four quarters, especially after what happened to him last week. Fair. So they should win and they should cover it because this is a, this is a huge, huge, like, you know, game to get you into the Pac-12 championship, uh, especially after last year. That's true. I I think it's motivated the ducks after the loss last week. It's either going to be close until like like for all four quarters, or it's going to be a game where Oregon comes out on fucking fire and is up by twenty one in the first quarter, and that's what I think is going to happen. I think they blow them out. There you go. Three forty five Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Obviously, not a lot to break down in this game. Tennessee thirty one point favorite over under sixty two and a half. I don't believe that we've ever had anyone reach out and say you need to cover Vandy more, so I don't feel bad that we don't break yeah, them down too much. 
I don't know who that is. I'm sure he's a great guy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to shout out Tennessee. Six and five this year. Obviously going to be seven, five, seven and five after this game. That's a hell of a start to the hype player. Um, they, yeah. they had an exciting offense. The defense, at least against the run, was was decent. Um, and they've really got something to build there. I mean, you, when you lose that many kids from, you know, hopping in the transfer portal and leaving, I know they had to take some Crazy. kids in, but, you know, to be able to build a culture where you're, I mean, you've already, you've already looked better this year than you've looked in how long? Um, probably the, 20, the, the first half of the 2016 season. Sure. Okay. Fair. It's been a while since they've looked this, this fun, this entertaining. Um, so shout out Tennessee fans, you know, seems like Hypo's building something there. Obviously you're going to have to recruit, especially when you're in a division with Kirby smart. Um, but I think Tennessee fans got to be happy there. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee to, to completely just obliterate Vanderbilt and yeah. cover this red. Let me tell you how bad Vanderbilt is because we haven't talked about him all year. Um, so let's just, you know, like end of year uh, recap of what, what you've all missed. They've held only one opponent to under 400 yards. Um, they have a negative or a minus 26.3 scoring margin in SEC games. Um, they've only held two of their last eight opponents under 30 points. Their average uh, score against SEC teams has been 39 to 12, and they did not have the 39. Um, they're bad. They're bad. They've also scored over 20 points only once. So um, then you look at Tennessee and and like Tennessee, I think has been like all the things you said, they've been really good and they've been like maybe the biggest surprise in the country. Right. Um, but they have also like feasted on the teams that they're supposed to be just absolutely. And so you start looking at like after that Florida game, I feel like they turned a corner and they had, um, what is it? Like since the beginning of October, they put up like 450 yards and 40 plus points in five of their seven games. Uh, and you look what they do against unranked opponents. They're averaging 45.7 points per game versus unranked teams and outscoring their opponents by an average margin of 25 points. TJ or uh, what do you call it? Hendon hooker has been incredible. Um, like 17, like on the season in general, 24 passing touchdowns, only three interceptions, uh, 29 total touchdowns, like just an incredible job. Um, also 17 touchdowns and no interceptions against unranked teams. I think Tennessee fucking destroys Vandy this weekend. Boom. Go balls. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, all right. That gets us to the 7 PM games. We'll start in Baton Rouge. Old Coach O's last game. Uh, unless they win this game, of course, and they'll go to a bowl. And then I don't know if they'd keep him on for the bowl or what, but number 15, Texas A&M at LSU. LSU, six and a half point underdog at home. Total 45 and a half, which is low. Yeah. What do you think here? But yeah, LSU's defense has been like weirdly good. Um, this is right. like also low-key a pretty big rivalry because of everything that happened after that 2018 debacle 
um, that was like, you know, like the seven overtime game. Coach O's last game, you're at, you know, Death Valley at night. Uh, I don't see Zach Calzada playing great um, no. at all. We also saw LSU hold Bama to six yards rushing, and so I'm sure they're going to try to use that same exact game plan against a team that is, you know, like that's their bread and butter. Um, I think – I think AM wins because they're the better team. But I think it's really close. Like really, really close. I do too. I um I don't think that LSU players necessarily like I know that it, Coach O kind of lost the team culturally, like culture wise, but I don't think they hate playing for him. Mm-hmm. Um and I they're gonna play like their hair's on fire in this game. Right. Um I, I think that um, they're going to play inspired football. It's going to be a very close game. Um, I don't know if I want to call for the outright upset. I like it if you do. But I think I'm going to do it. I think Ooh. I think LSU plays with enough, enough fire here at home, at night, last game of the season, can't hold anything back. Coach O's last game. They take it down. LSU Love wins. It. Love it. And by the way, real quick. Let's just pat ourselves on the back real quick. Shout out to us for going out of our way to do every single game. You want yes. to talk about Tennessee Vandy? Yeah, we're the real MVPs. Here's another one. This one's going to be fun. Number 23 Clemson at South Carolina, 730 SEC Network. South Carolina, an 11 and a half point underdog at home. Total 43 which is low and it needs to be. I'll tell you right now, I'll take the under. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Although Clemson is getting better on offense, I will say. Um, but we've seen what's teams. happened in South Carolina at night, at home, the last few weeks. They beat they beat the hell out of Florida. Mm-hmm. And they go around and beat Auburn as a, were they a touchdown underdog at home? They were two um, underdog at home. South Carolina fans are feeling great about themselves. Shane Beamer feeling great about himself, as he should. He's got the Gamecocks bowl eligible, which, again, I think their their Vegas over under was three and a half. Um, they're gonna be fired up. They're, they they have have not had this good of a chance to beat Clemson. I can't remember the last time. I mean, it had to have it been. Had to be, it's 2013. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that has to be it. Yep. And, you know, like I said, Clemson's defense, as, as bad as its offense has been this year, their defense is still very good, which is why sure. I think the over or the under looks pretty good in this game. Um, now, it's a rivalry game. Special teams could have some kind of special play, but it's going to be low scoring. And um, I don't think you're going to be able to run the same two plays against Clemson and beat them like you did Auburn. Um, then again, I could really see DJU struggling in this game, so I'm going to take South Carolina to cover. I don't think I can. I don't think I can pick them to win, but I'm going to take them to cover this game. And Clemson wins by less than a touchdown. All right, listen. I hate. I hate that I'm going to do this again because I've. I've just. Every week, it seems like I've shit on 
Um, South Carolina and their chances of winning. Laura Doyle has been upset with me about it. I apologize again. I know David Carter. We got a, we got a great like little fan base of like South Carolina fans. Um, I hope they pack out the stadium for one. Beamer's been calling for it. It wasn't even sold out last week, which is like a, just criminal uh, for what this team's been able to do. This is the best chance they've had to beat them. They've they've lost six straight to them after beating them five times in a row, but they've lost the last four games to Clemson by an average of uh, 33 points per game or 32 points per game. Yeah, that's not good. And the issue I, I have with, I mean, like they, they might just be a, a entirely new team with Jason Brown as a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to be able to run the football on Clemson. Um, no. You know, with any kind of consistency, especially. And I just struggle to think that they're going to be able to, I, I, like, I just don't, I don't, I don't know if the program is there yet. This has been an incredible, incredible season. Beamer has done like just an incredible fucking job. I don't know if they're at that place yet as a program where they can beat even a down Clemson team, especially with what's happened like in recent memory. I hope they fucking do. I absolutely hope they do. I hope I hope it's like Florida game 2.0. Oh, that'd be amazing. Those fans would deserve it too. So I'm going to take Clemson, but I, like you said, I also think that um, 11 points. I'm going to say Clemson covers just because Dabo's an asshole and he's trying to like make up on the back end of the schedule for what happened early on. Mm. that's a good call um another night game at 7 30 this one's on abc number 13 oklahoma at number nine oklahoma state oklahoma state a four-point favorite in this game uh total 49 and a half oklahoma state has only been favored once since 2013 against oklahoma um we talked about it before but caleb williams good call by you he starts three games this first three games, he's averaging 300 yards and five touchdowns. Yep. Ever since then, top three. Yeah, he's only averaged 114 passing yards and has three picks in his last two games each. Um, so he has definitely slowed down. Um, the defense has stepped up. They, like I said, they had seven sacks against uh, Iowa State last week. Um, what concerns me for Oklahoma State because I love Oklahoma State's defense. They're uh, it's so weird to think about, but. Their defense is what makes them so good. Um, if, if you haven't been paying attention to them this year, um, this is the first ever trip to the Big 12 title game. They've already clinched it. And um, it's a crazy season when their defense has led the way. They shut out Texas Tech last week. It was their first shutout in conference play since 1995. And it snapped a 302 consecutive game streak of scoring at least some points for Texas Tech. So you could say, yeah, Texas Tech, not great, but that's some pretty long streaks for both those schools. Um, Their last four games, three of them, the opponent has scored three points or less. So their defense is on fire. Yeah. The only thing that scares me here. They've given up only one touchdown in the last four games. It's insane. Um, The only thing that scares me here is Oklahoma has been good as a road underdog. They've covered seven of the last eight as a road underdog. Um, not the last one though, but I do think that Oklahoma state's defense leads them to victory here. I like the under in this game too, but I wouldn't probably bet it just because it's bedlam and something weird is going to happen to put that game over. But, um, yeah, man, I think Oklahoma state's going to beat Oklahoma here and, and, and any conversation of Oklahoma, like having a sniff at the playoffs, not that they really did, but 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, honestly, there Oklahoma State is is a three-point loss. You know, like like that collapse they had late against uh Iowa State where they lost, they you know, gave a touchdown like five minutes left. They're a three-point loss away from being, the, being the number two team in the playoff. <laughs> like, I mean, which is crazy. Um, I said this a while ago and I, I stand by it still, obviously. I and I don't know who's starting at this point, if it's gonna be Spencer Rattler or if it's gonna be uh Caleb Williams. But I'll say that at home, Caleb Williams, 11 touchdowns, one interception, uh, you know, like just a completely different ball player, completely different. And then you look at him on the road and he is, cause it's such a small sample size. He's not used to that four touchdowns, three interceptions in four games. And how many of those were against Texas? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I think that especially in Bedlam, because either way, the Oklahoma quarterbacks, they are, like at the very least they are not the most confident people in the world. Like all the swagger and shit they had like at the start of the season, or even a couple of weeks ago with, with Caleb Williams, all that's gone. And I think when you, especially when you have somebody like Gundy and then like you said, this defense, I I just feel like it's some, like, I mean, you throw a pick early. I think that, that they're not able to overcome shit like that. Um, so I think Oklahoma state wins. I think it's close. Um, and then I think uh, Oklahoma beats them in the, or what do you call it, Big 12 championship game just to ruin my life. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, last game, Chris. This is the last game we'll be previewing of the regular season. Yeah, why did we do this game last? Because we were just going in order for a okay. time, time standpoint. Um, Saturday, 7.30 on ESPN2, Louisville hosting Kentucky. Uh, Louisville, two and a half point favorite at home, total 57. Kentucky leads the series 17 and 15, which I'm shocked they've only played that many games. Ron um, they've won, uh, Kentucky's won three of the past four meetings. They've won three straight at Louisville, or they're, they're, this would be their third straight if, if they could win it. Um, they've also like year, kicked their ass like the last. Last like, year, well, last year they didn't play because it was an right. all SEC schedule. But Kentucky beat Louisville in 2019, 45 to 13 at historic Kroger Field. Um, bit of a silent thud to the end of the season for Kentucky. I mean, they started out hot until they hit that Georgia game, and it's kind of been a bit of a slide here. Um, turnover the ball. That's a big story for them. They are 129th out of 130 FBS teams in turnover margin. They turned over the ball four times last week against New Mexico State. Um, So that's that's a problem. You don't want to be giving up turnovers in rivalry games, especially when you're facing a quarterback like Malik Cunningham. To give you an idea of what he did last week against Duke, he's not good, presumably, uh, and literally. Supposedly. Um, He went 18 of 25 for 303 yards, five touchdowns in the air. And 224 yards on the ground and two more scores. Yes. Um, he has not beat Kentucky in his career. He is 0-2. Um, so he figures to be pretty motivated for this game. It's a home game. Kentucky's defense, they've had a rough go in the second segment here yeah, uh, of the season. Will Rogers absolutely torched them. And then Hooker, you're seeing a theme here. Um, got some pretty good QBs that have been able to put up some points and yards here. I think that Malik Cunningham is in good form here. I I think Louisville wins this game by three. So that would cover the spread. 
I was shocked that they were even favored in this game. Um, and then, so I'm trying to figure out why you like get into the numbers. Yeah. Like you said, they've, they've scored 40 or more in the, the three wins they've had in the last four seasons. Um, but like, here's the, the theme that I've, I've kept saying, I think like pretty much throughout this entire episode, like players on the road versus at home and, and the difference Kentucky as a team is night and day. Okay. Think about the numbers I've said already on the pod. Listen to this. Kentucky is averaging 197 yards less per game on the road than they are at home. Yo. They are averaging 18 points per game less on the road versus at home. Then you look at Will Levis, who's been a, like they kind of go as he goes. And we thought at the beginning of the season, maybe it was going to be Chris Rodriguez. Um, And he's kind of, you know, come back to form a little bit. He's had a hundred yards in his last three games, but Will Levis at home, 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 23 total touchdowns, by the way, Um, 9.4 yards per attempt. 260 passing yards per game. Those are like respectable numbers on the road. Five touchdowns, five interceptions, 5.5 yards per attempt. That's almost four. That's almost half of what he's, what he's getting uh, at home. And then 152 passing yards per game. So so 108 yards less on the road than at home. I mean, it's night and day. Like he's basically the Bo Nix. He's like what we labeled Bo Nix as at the start of the season. Um, I, that, that just feels like it's a, like recipe for disaster. Um, you talk, I mean, their offense has been good the last three games. They've averaged 44 points. They've averaged over 570 yards, um, which is like obviously really impressive. I just don't think that they're able, like, well, you know what, honestly, all the, there's a lot of reasons to pick Louisville in this game. They're also favored and it scares me, uh, cause Vegas obviously knows, but in their last game, they gave up over six yards of carry to Duke. I know they beat them, but still. Yeah. They also gave up four rushing touchdowns to the only SEC team they played this year with Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Stoops does what he does best, and that's just be a damn good like coach and coaches them to a win. And they they beat their rival for the fourth time in, fi- in five years. Wow. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. So that's, that's the end of the games. Obviously, I wanted to – just run through some coaching um, openings and tell me who you think will be the coach. And then we have a fourth and wrong. And we have fourth and wrong. Um, all right. I think, right? Yeah. Tenure contract for Franklin. So he's out of the picture now. Where's LSU going? So apparently their final three, I saw this the other day, was Billy Napier, Dave Aranda, and somebody else I'm forgetting. Um, I think it's Aranda. I, I mean, just because it's like familiarity with the program. Um, that, I mean, and I could be wrong because I've, I've been wrong so many times this year, but, um, I think that's, I think that's where they go. Okay. All right. I mean, I could definitely see Aranda. I, I think LSU is going to need to bring someone in like an Aranda. Otherwise uh, you could see a mass exodus of their players and it could mm-hmm. be a much bigger rebuild. Eli Ricks is already right. in the transfer portal and Keishon Butte was tweeting some, some stuff the other day. Right. So maybe you bring in an Aranda. I, I actually have him going West coast um, because he's a West coast guy. I think like something like Washington. 
that would make sense. Um, but LSU may want, I think that'd probably be the best pick for them, honestly, uh, just to maintain some level of continuity because he did recruit a bunch of those kids on defense at least. Uh, what about USC? Where do you think USC goes? Like, how does nobody want that job? By the way, for LSU, I didn't really know who to pick, but um, because I think I won't get all my picks here, but I don't think Napier is going to go there. What about, I mean, LSU fans wouldn't be happy with this, but what about Mark Stoops? Like to where? To LSU. I don't think there's any legs to that. I, I, he, like he has such a good contract already in place in Lexington, like, and they have like really good facilities and all that kind of stuff. Like, and the recruiting's picking up. I think he gets a raise every year, no matter what his outcome is. Every single year. True, but you're never going to win a championship in Kentucky. I'm, I don't mean to be harsh, but it's I mean, just not going to happen. Like, I, I mean, I know LSU's won three in the last like 20 something years, but their last three head coaches have won a championship. Right. So, I mean, you at least have the ability to, and he, we know he's a great coach and he's a great recruiter. Um, I mean, he's been on staffs at Miami and Florida state. So he has ties to, to Florida for recruiting. Um, I don't know. It, I, don't I don't think, think I don't think the LSU fans would want that hire, but I think it would be a, a good hire. Uh, USC, I went Luke Fickle. Um, the only reason is I know he's only coached in the Midwest, but the 80 at USC hired him at Cincinnati. That'd be a great hire. Yeah. I mean, like flat out. I also, Bob Soups, since he's even coming up, like he would be, I think, great out there as well. I don't think he actually wants to be a coach. I think he just likes his name to be in the news definitely see that uh florida i'm going billy napier it seems like that's where like everyone what everyone thinks is happening which means it probably won't but right i think i mean look it's to to me it's a hard sell in a sense of he's never been a power five head coach like that was the one thing that four state fans were not so sure about with mike norvell highest he's ever coached is memphis it's a different league up here but he has coached in the sec at least um, so do you think it will be Napier? And if so, do you think that would be a good hire? I think it'll be Napier. I think it's a good hire. I just, I, I'm, I'm like nervous for him because there's been so much made of like his like pedigree and, and you know, being under saving what's he, what he's done at Louisiana and he, he's a hell of a coach. Um, and he's gotten like rave reviews from every single place he's been. I don't Didn't know he how he like turn Auburn down last year. I don't think so. Rumors that he did. Probably. I mean, nobody wants to go there. Um, no, but, but I think that like the way that Mullen left, cause I know, I know how bad he was at the end, but you know, I'm started out 21 and five and crazy. went to three new year, six bowls. And like, after what they like did like before him, it's ugh. so I think it would be a good hire. I just, I'm like nervous that this is his like one shot. Um, and I don't want him to like, you know, have vomit on a sweater already. Mom spaghetti. Yeah, exactly. Um, who, what's the other, like, I think Cristobal ends up at Miami. I think so too. I think he's going to look to get out of Oregon. Um, which I don't love as a four state fan. I think he's going to clean up and recruiting down there. Um, so that's not good. Washington. I had Dave Aranda, then Virginia tech. I had Bill Dave Clawson oh, from Wake Forest. I think it'll be Bill O'Brien. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast recently that they were talking about how Saban has this like it's not necessarily a public rule, but more of a, Hey, every, if I'm going to like take you in and, and put you through my like rehab process that he's done with all these coaches that you have to stay here for a minimum two years. 
I mean, yeah, Bill O'Brien was a um, NFL head coach like four months before Saban hired him. So, and I also like he pretty much like ran that entire franchise into the ground um, <laughs> and did like, like purely based DeAndre on, Hopkins for David Johnson. Like he did it based on all of his own decisions. It's like, yeah. I would joke around like in the past, like I, I was always bad at fantasy football and it was literally because of the decisions I made every week. It, it was like nothing about like, Oh man, so-and-so got injured. It was like every single move I made was wrong. And that's Bill O'Brien. But like, like as like a head coach or, or, you know, GM, whatever. Um, I think he, I mean, he'll just leave. Like, well, I mean, what's saving going to do? True. Yeah. Um, I, but he's, he's done a good job. I think overall. All right. Fourth and wrong. Fourth and wrong. Yeah, I haven't even seen these. So these are gonna be on the fly. What are your thoughts on, on Thanksgiving first off? Um, as, as an actual holiday, like I could, I mean, take it or leave it. I mean, it's nice to see family. Um, but it's just uh, in the way of Christmas for me. I do enjoy getting a nice little half a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday break from the daily grind of work. You realize that, that we part, have to cover football all weekend. I have two jobs, Chris. That's true. Three if you count being a pimp. Right, dog? Yeah. What about you? What do you, what do you think about Thanksgiving? It's my favorite holiday. It like okay. the it's entire thing, holiday as well. Oh, which is mm. tough. Okay. Um, it like the entire it's first off, it's my favorite time of year, and the entire like holiday is themed around eating and overeating. Yeah. And then there's football on all day. Like it is I do love that. Yeah, it's it's the best. It honestly, it's like I mean, it's way better than Christmas because at Christmas you only have uh, the NBA. And how many times can you fucking watch a Christmas story? Um, yeah, so I, I, I love I love Thanksgiving. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, okay, we have 35 comments here. Let's see. Let's go through some of these. Oh boy. Michael Dark says, obviously Sam Pittman makes the best mac and cheese. What coach makes the worst? Hmm. Um. Oh shit! What's the Vandy coach's name again? Clark Lee. He doesn't look like he likes to have any fun at all, and he looks like he doesn't put seasoning on any of his food. No, I can see that. He makes by far the worst. He doesn't even make. He could. He could tell you he's making mac and cheese, but you can't. When you eat it, you wouldn't describe it as mac and cheese. It's that bad. I could see that. I my answer would be, and I know he just got fired, but it would be Mullen. You know that Mullen has some stupid shit. Like, like he has to always do something extra. And I guarantee you, Thanksgiving at his house, if you like weren't like if you weren't in his family and accustomed to it, would be a fucking nightmare. Like he would show up and it'd be like, hey, yeah, we have strawberry pretzel salad. And then we also got chicken wings instead of a uh, what do you call it? a turkey? Um, and for dessert, we're gonna have eggnog. Um like, like I, I, he, he reminds me. There's no way he knows how to I had never had it. It seems gross. It's, it's I know bourbon it seems milk, gross, but it's fantastic. It's bourbon milk in a like a like a in a container. That's it. It's good. All right. Well, anyway, I guarantee you though. Um, like Mullen seems like the kind of guy that would probably have like onion rings sitting there like on his spread as well. <laughs> um, 
and he would probably do some stupid shit to the mac and cheese. Like, I don't like, I don't know, like throw peanuts in it or something. I don't know. Stupid. Uh, let's see. Next question here. It's part of the sauce for the ham. Um, wait, hold on. They're talking about bourbon. Why is uh, morning bourbon uh, being socially acceptable? The best part of Thanksgiving. Is it, is that acceptable? I don't typically go bourbon in the morning because it's not going to be good for me later in the day. And usually I'm around family and now kids. Yeah. So I can't do the, uh, it's not socially acceptable, Emery. I'm sorry. In the morning. That's like the only time I ever drank bourbon in the morning was noon games, tailgates and like, no, well, I was going to say like before I had this job and I would be trying to get myself to sleep after a long night out and doing some things I probably shouldn't have been doing with some people I shouldn't have been with living life on the edge. Oh boy. Um, if you guys could be in any Thanksgiving dish, what would it be? Mine would be green bean casserole because it it turned into the holidays from eating so much of what? Uh, that's from Zach Woodhurst. If you were basically if you were like if I was a Thanksgiving dish, what would I be? If you were if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? Hmm. I'd have seconds. What's yours? And I'm gonna think about mine. Uh, mine is a thousand percent pecan pie. Why like, would you be a pecan pie? Not your favorite dish. No, Why I don't. Why would you be a pecan pie? Because, um, one, you know, very, very, uh, set in my ways. Like that's like a, that's obviously a fan favorite. Um, and always has been also, it's like, there's, it seems like it's firm, but it's very soft and and like made of gelatin. That's the main reason. That is a great description of you. Yeah, thank um, you very much. I would be corn pudding. Oh God! Exactly what I thought you would say, Chris. But you know what? Corn pudding is the best. And people that don't think so, they're sleeping. They're sleeping on it. Okay. Um, and that's me. I'm the best. People are sleeping on me if they think not. What is the? This is from David King. What's the etiquette for parade watching? Parades are so fucking overrated. Um, only do it um, from your television. Don't go in person. That sounds like a nightmare. Unless it's like a championship parade. Right. But if we're talking the Macy's Day Parade, which I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and you just have it on in the background. If you if you watch too intently, you start to realize that they're not actually singing and everyone's cold as shit and they're not really having that great of a time. Right. So if you just have it on in the background as you're preparing for the day, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. I don't even, I don't understand it. I drink like a mimosa maybe. It is, it is the worst tradition besides any of those big 10 trophies. Like it is the worst tradition, I think, uh, attached to any holiday. Because <laughs> like, like, first off, you're right. It is fucking freezing out there. And then like, how many times can we see like an inflatable Snoopy and, and then be like, wow, look at that. Like, that's Spider-Man. Like, who fucking cares? And then you have, like, a bunch of, like, high school... Like, Bama's band is going to be in it, apparently. You got a bunch of, like, high school marching bands that, like, I, I mean, no no offense. I just don't give a shit. Like, I, like, I don't... It's it's just balloons and and people playing the trombone. And I don't even know what the fuck a trombone is. Wow. Is that real? Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tiffany Canada, this is a good one. Which college coach would you bring home for Thanksgiving dinner to create the most havoc? To create the most oh, Lane Kiffin for sure. Right? Without a he'd doubt. He'd be trying to he'd be trying to hook up with relatives. He'd be 
inappropriate at the dinner table. He'd be a hell of a time. Like the guys would love hanging out with him. The girls would be kind of creeped out by him. Like it would be an absolute shit show. Uh, I like that. Although Mike Leach would also be fantastic. That is that's true. He, I mean, yeah, because after I feel like after a while it would be too much. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's just Jay Woody and and uh, and Mickey Sheremy just come in hot here as they always do. What do people eat at Thanksgiving that you think has no place at the Thanksgiving table? Um, cranberry sauce. That's weird, right? I don't get it. Like I've never. It's it's just not appealing to me. Right. Like we just we decided like what what if at Christmas I just broke out like grape jelly and just poured it in a bowl and I said here take this as a meal. Hey, we got it in a can. Do you like do you like canned jelly? No, no one spread. Does. It's just in a in a fucking like oval. But we all want to pretend like we like it on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's like my eggnog. Um, I've never even I've never even witnessed this or seen it, but I've heard about it because of Greg McElroy and this like video clip is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's like him and and uh, Marcus Spears a couple years ago. They're talking about Thanksgiving, like their favorite dish. And Marcus Spears, obviously, like big black guy, like very southern, um, like you know, like also a phenomenal cook. And he asked Greg what his favorite dish was. He goes, "Oh, strawberry pretzel salad." And I don't, I don't know what that is. It sounds awful. The, all three of those words should not be put together, like ever. <laughs> all, all three of them. I mean, so, like, so I, that would be the one for me. Um, I do like what you're saying about cranberry as well. Also, pumpkin pie. Who? Hey, I can't get on that board. I, like I don't it. get it. Um, all right. If you lived in the colonial times, what would your job be? Obviously churning butter. Oh, okay. What? Like that? Yeah. It's, um, it's just something that you can, it seems like we would all have those skills as men. Okay. Um, oh, I see what you're doing right now. If you're being gross. No, of course not. Um, mine would like so I would. No, I'd be a hunter, bro. Are you kidding me? I think about this shit. I would all hunt the time. and gather, bro. Every time I see a, like a movie like based in this time period, I think about it because I would be the worst. I would be the worst fucking person to like without air conditioning. You're riding with like feathers, like nothing was real. Also, why did everyone wear long sleeves and pants? Like no matter what time of year it was. And have really thick beards. That That'd part so isn't that, that. Yeah. Also, yeah, like, like showering would be an issue. Going to the bathroom would be an issue. Like, so what there's would you no do? air what conditioning. Would be role? I would be a bartender. Like, I, I would, I would own oh, like the local yeah. pub because you'd be inside. The lights would be dim. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I'm so glad I was born in the era with air conditioning because I would have been the fucking worst to be around. There you go. You're right. the best. Um, let's see here. Do you? Oh no. What's the? T... Okay, no, I could do that one. I'm eating my first pie pie cake in. What is that? I don't know what that is. What's the worst what pumpkin spice? If EA, okay, Jay Woody, if EA would ever release their new NCAA football game, which what two teams would you pick as your? Who should be on the cover? Who should be on the cover of EA? Yeah. 
for this year? Two teams? I don't understand this question. Like who? No, I, I just I've diverted from the two teams because okay. it made no sense. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so for this year, who would be on the cover? Um, I would have to think it would be Jordan Davis. I think so. If it came out this year, I would say one. That's a great pick. Like that is like that is the only answer for this year. Yeah. If it was last year, I think Devonte. But I love the Jordan Davis one way better. Um, okay, last question here. It's from Michael Dark. Do you go on a walk with your cousins before or after the meal? You know who he's referring to. I don't know because I was like, "What? So <laughs> what am I missing here?" It's just it's like going on a walk with your cousins during Thanksgiving is just the the most <laughs> like it's like the worst kept secret of just you're going to smoke weed. I see. I see. Yeah, I've never done okay. that. My cousins kind of suck. I have like Eric with a K, like he can't ride a bike and he's like 40. I would say probably after the meal for me. I, so I think if I, if I did it before a meal, one, I'd have to like smoke. Cause if I like the last time I did edibles, I ended up like, like <laughs> it was the worst experience I've ever had. I remember I've like, I know, I, I know exactly why it was. Cause I don't have food. I don't have portion control with real food. And so if there's exactly. drugs in it, I ate like way too much of it. And I ended up like going into my apartment, like in the Highlands, like, like a fucking cat burglar, like creeping up the wall. Um, but I would say if I did it before, I would be worried about how hungry I would get and how much I would embarrass myself. Um, Cause then like, you're also like in your own zone there. Like you're not really aware right. of your surroundings as much. Sure. Sure. Um, this I is all hypothetical. If either one of us had ever done drugs, people smoke weed, who cares? Um, <laughs> But I would also say it would have to be after because that's when you need a break from your fucking siblings and, and your family because somebody's going to start talking about politics or something, especially this year because Biden's the worst. But like, it, yeah, I just that's that's my vote. OK. That's the longest podcast ever. The longest ever. I just want to say I'm very thankful for the listeners. Very thankful for you, Chris. I'm, th- I'm too, very dude. thankful for Jermaine Johnson. The end for Is Florida that State. your defensive end? Who transferred in from Georgia. Those are my th- three most thankful things. I will say I'm thankful for Rich and his family, my friends, uh, obviously my mom. And yeah, I'll, I'll echo what you said about the listeners. I'll Like flat out, man, there's... I can't believe the regular season's over, but there's no fucking way I would have made it through any of this without like some of the kind words from you guys and, and support and all that kind of stuff. So um, anyway, we love you guys. Also make sure if you, like I said, last episode, tough time for some, or tough time of year for some people. If you need to talk, you need to get shit off your chest, whatever DMS are open. Um, more than happy to, to listen or just hit up Jay Woody. That's what I do like four, five times a week. Cool. All right, guys. Well, hey, enjoy your travels. Drive safe, fly safe, eat well, take a walk with the cousins whenever you want. We will see you back after some crazy rivalry. That's going to be tough to say. Dang it, Tyler. Rivalry week games. Enjoy it. Enjoy your time with your family. Jesus Christ. Wrap up the show.